Hello, and welcome to another installment of The Weird Chronicles. Each episode, we bring you tales of action and adventure from Malifaux and the other side. The journey through the breach is never easy. It leaves some people broken, or mad, or changed. On today's episode, we have the story of a woman who was changed by the journey to Malifaux and a man who would do anything to make her whole again. I hope you enjoy The Nature of Souls. The Nature of Souls The Lone Marshal's Love by Jonathan Boynton I'm just saying, there ain't nothing we really know about soul stones, the Marshal said, scrubbing his boot with a cloth. Sure, there's theories, some which might be true, but a lot have to be false. Too many contradict, you know. He spat on the leather, then rubbed at it again. I mean, the name might even be wrong. Do souls exist and all that nonsense? Patient stared at him, not making a sound. She blinked a dark eye. How can a horse look doubtful? He muttered. With a sigh, he started packing his kit. Knew I should have haggled lower on you. Some philosophical partner you turned out to be. Nothing like fidget at all. He patted her neck gently. Grounded, you're not a burned-out corpse in a ditch like him either. So I'll take what I can get. It was quick work to pack up the camp, during which patients continued to eye him. With a shrug, the marshal reached into his pack and pulled out an apple. Her ears perked forward, and he smiled as she carefully walked to him. She grabbed her apple, chewing noisily as he arranged the gear on her back. He took stock of the supplies as he placed them, nodding in satisfaction. Saddlebags are full of food, still going through this book. None of the regular gear's broken. Looks like we're a week off from needing to head home. Patience whinnied, stamping black stocking hooves on the ground. After putting on her bridle, he pulled himself up onto the saddle, then patted her neck. Ready to hunt, girl? It was a hot day in the wilds, full of dust and wind. Pleasant enough for riding, compared to what else it could be. Pulling his hat down to keep the wind out of his eyes, it was hard not to be bitter about the extended patrol. Still, the judge had the right of it. He was the only one of the death marshals who didn't draw immediate attention. Keeping him mobile and moving between the pioneer towns on the watch for Ressa activity just made sense. Not to mention it was a great way to make use of the marshal during his punishment. I ever tell you about that, Patience? What brought me out here to the middle of nowhere, bored and talking to a horse. He grabbed a canteen, taking a sip of lukewarm water. Penance. You know, back in the day, my priest never could get me to do it, but then he's not exactly Lady Justice. Now I screwed up real big about a year back. By right, should have been executed after all the laws I broke. Hell, I can even remember kneeling on the ground waiting for her sword to fall. Instead, all I heard was her gentle voice. Protect. Until the scales tip back, protect. 
no matter the cost. The horse twitched an ear back and forth, making him laugh. Eh, maybe it wasn't quite that melodramatic. Still, my version sounds more interesting, don't you agree? Besides, there are worse ways to end up. At least there better be. Felicia sat against the wall of the cave, huddled on the wet ground. She didn't really feel cold anymore, but the dampness was uncomfortable in her torn dress. She rocked back and forth, hands over her ears, mouthing prayers she learned as a child. Outside, the rain fell, but in spite of the noise, she could still hear the murmuring. Listen, 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 listen. The refrain continued on, unchanging. She squeezed her eyes shut, sparse tears crawling down her face. Go away, she whispered. Just go away. It was a mistake. She hears, one voice said, a hissing predator. Others echoed. Does she listen? Another wondered, feminine that voice. It has been so long. Behind it all, the chorus continued. Listen, listen, listen. Felicia returned to muttering prayers. Sometimes it helped. On better days, she could ignore them, but she'd pushed them away too long this time. They were insistent, demanding. Her constant companion here in the wilds, following her no matter how far she ran. In her youth, she had questioned belief in a hell. She had found one in Malifaux, and she could not flee from it. We hunger, the predator said. We thirst. We drown, we gorge, it is our way, the female said. You know. Listen, listen. Stop, she said huskily, lowering her hands. The voices settled into an indistinct sound like a breeze, waiting, anticipating. Felicia stared down at her hands. The first joint of each finger had been worn to the bone. Scabs ringed them, crusty and brown. They ached as she studied them, the pain matching the thudding of her heart. A stab of agony went through her as she saw her wedding ring on her left hand. She stifled a quiet sob, then shoved that hand into the ground. She screamed at the pain of the dirt digging into the wounds, tearing them open anew. The voices rose to a hurricane, triumphant. Feed, they chorused. Grow. Green light leaped through the chunks of dirt around her hand. Bracing herself, she pushed her other hand into the ground, bowing her head to the ground tears streaming down her face. She pressed her ear to the floor, then began chanting. The voices told her the words, staying just ahead of her. She could feel them curling around her soul. A bone hand burst out of the ground yards away from her. It slapped the ground, scrabbling for purchase, digging into the soft soil. Slowly, it pushed, the rest of the arm pulling out of the ground. Nearby, another creature dragged itself out of the floor. The rock wall cracked, breaking open to reveal a nightmarish mask of flesh beneath a primitive miner's hat. 
Felicia sobbed, as the corpses in the abandoned mine expectantly watched her. Kill, 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 kill. The voices raged. Gunshots filled the air. Jasper spun in his seat, back wrenching as he looked toward the eastern picket. He couldn't see the guard through the thick forest that sat a dozen yards from the road. After a few moments, he heard more gunfire, followed by the guard's screams. Circle up! The caravan master roared. Jasper grabbed the reins of his wagon, pulling them hard. The early morning rain was finally letting off, but the clouds had yet to disperse, keeping the area dark. Men and women from the wagon train ran to get the group together, some carrying chains, others weapons. Luckily, there weren't any families on this trip, which meant no children to worry about. Jasper hopped to the ground, helping unhook his horses. It took a few moments to get them into the centre with the others, but when he returned to his wagon, it had already been chained to the next in line. His hand shook as he grabbed the dirty pistol he wore. The handle was covered in mud, but he'd taken the time to clean the barrel earlier in the morning. Good thing, too. Otherwise, it wouldn't have fired. Jasper looked around for a guard he recognised, then joined her. What are we dealing with, Natalie? No idea, she said, checking over her rifle. Her weapon was cleaner by far, higher quality as well. A small scope sat on top of it, which she carefully uncapped. We've not seen or heard from any of the outriders beyond that one scream. Whatever it is, doesn't seem to be in a hurry. Hold fire, the master shouted. Anyone fires early, there'll be hell to pay. Civilians, pair up with the guards. Listen to their orders. Jasper mimicked the woman as she hid by the wagon, settling her rifle on a box in the back. Feel comfortable with that thing? She asked. Not as much as I should, he admitted, bracing his pistol on the wood seat. The solid surface prevented his trembling, he noticed gladly. He set the pistol down, wiping his hands dry on his pants. Any advice? Don't shoot when I do. Your range is a lot shorter. If you can, try to wait until I'm reloading to fire. Take your shots one at a time and try to stay calm. If... He glanced at her when she became silent. Her eyes narrowed, staring into the distance. They're here! She shouted, firing into the distance, making Jasper jump. He followed her aim, cursing the dim light. He couldn't see anything. Other rifles on their side of the caravan fired. Idiots, Natalie muttered. I pressed against the scope. Not that any of that lot can see anything. She fired again, and Jasper finally saw her target, a vague outline of a man. It stumbled, falling sideways onto the ground. What are they? Not raiders, that's for sure. There was a scream behind them. Jasper whirled, falling back against the wagon in horror as a monster ragged its way out of the ground, sparks of green light arcing from its eyes. A wide, bleached grin gleamed from under a ragged mining hat. Bone fingers gripped a rusted pickaxe, scraps of flesh connecting chipped joints. Cursing, he raised his gun in two hands, firing a shot into the creature. 
The bullet slammed through the chest, passing messily through a rotted heart. It ignored the wound, slowly twisting its head to look around the circle of wagons. Gunfire ripped an arm from its shoulder, making it stumble. Two more of the horrors pulled their way out of the ground as other creatures slammed into the wood of the perimeter. Why is it always raining out here? I mean, would it kill things to have a day that stayed nice instead of just starting nice? What a mess. The marshal pulled the brim of his hat down, trying to shield his face from the wind and the wet. Patience walked next to him, mud covering her legs. She wickered softly, bumping his hand with her nose. We'll eat at the next break. He rubbed her neck. Just want to get past these ruins first. The sound of gunfire in the distance made him pause. Turning, he squinted, looking through the dim light. There. Flashes of light. That was either lightning or a fight going on. Knowing my luck, probably both. Breaks over, patience. He pulled himself up into the saddle and grabbed his rifle. Now, keep your head this time. I don't want a repeat of the Neverborn incident last week. She shook her head, stamping her hooves. Too bad I'm not the praying type anymore. All right, here goes nothing. Big damn hero's time, eh, girl? Jasper fell to the ground screaming as a monstrosity with a drill for an arm ripped its way through the wagon. Splinters filled the air, a chunk of them embedding in the corpse's face. It growled, green light filling empty eye sockets. Part of its head disappeared as a heavy rifle round tore upwards through its neck. Watch my back, Natalie ordered, shooting off the creature's leg at the hip. It collapsed to the ground, attempting to drag itself closer. Damn it, I hate these things, she said, blasting away an arm. Around them, the scene was full of blood and corpses. Far too many of the latter were moving for Jasper's liking. The horses were all dead or had run off, jumping over the wagons to escape the trap. He turned to another corpse and fired. The pistol clicked. Son of a... He swore. The creature, with an unnatural burst of speed, tackled him to the ground. Help! He managed to ram his pistol into the thing's snapping teeth grimacing at the sound of bone on metal. Many time, he screamed, kicking at the corpse. It ignored his blows, reaching with dirt-covered hands for his throat. The creature's head exploded. A shard of bone whined across Jasper's face, leaving a deep cut that made him gasp in pain. Suddenly, the thing stopped moving, collapsing against him. He shoved at it, pushing it away. He pulled himself out of the mud, hands stumbling through, reloading his pistol. A horse galloped past, the rider on its back firing at another monster. The creature stumbled, turning its eyes to the newcomer. Another shot ripped into its chest, followed quickly by a third. The rider spun his horse around the circle of wagons, picking shots carefully with a rifle. Within moments, he'd emptied the circle of enemies. Jasper turned to Natalie, then leapt to her side when he saw her pressing a hand on an injured leg. What can I do to help? He asked, 
Tourniquet, she gasped, tied off. He pulled off his jacket, tearing at the sleeve. A horse snorted behind him, and Jasper glanced at their rescuer. The man wore a long coat, dusky blue covered in mud, and a hat that he tipped backwards. Brown eyes looked down at them from a tanned face covered in stubble. He climbed out of the saddle, placing his rifle to the side, and began examining Natalie's wound. Clean the wound first, otherwise you'll trap any rot in there. Thanks for your help, Marshal, she said through gritted teeth. Jasper noticed the ram's head badge on the man's lapel. Excellent timing. I aim to please. The man smiled. I've driven them off, but there's a chance that they might come back. I'm gonna track down the person who set them loose. There's a town maybe a few miles north of here. We were headed there, Jasper said, looking around for a canteen. He stopped as the marshal pulled one out of a saddlebag and tossed it to him. It'll take us longer without the horses, and I'm not sure how many of us are left. I've seen about ten survivors so far. They're busy dealing with wounded and finding the horses. The marshal pulled himself into his saddle, sliding his rifle into a holster. I'm sorry I didn't get here sooner. You did. <sighs> Natalie hissed as water flowed over the wound. Jasper murmured an apology, wiping at the blood with a relatively clean piece of jacket. You did what you could, Marshal. That's ten more of us than would have lived. What's your name, sir? The Guild should know what you did. I don't have one, he replied quietly. Not anymore. Thank you for the compliment, though. He pulled his hat down over his dark hair. With luck, I'll meet you in that town in the next couple of days. Buy me a drink, we're even. Deal, she said. The marshal pulled at his reins, spinning his horse north and galloping off down the road. You did what you could. If only the marshal could believe that. If he'd been moving earlier this morning, he could have arrived at that slaughter earlier. If he'd been better at his job, he would have found the monster that commanded those corpses before the attack had happened. Those people were dead because he wasn't good enough. The scales weighed heavier, the wrong direction every day. He pulled gently on Patience's reins, stopping to stare through the trees at the nearby mountains. Isn't there an abandoned mine around here? The horse craned her neck around and blinked at him. Well... Didn't you study the maps too? I mean, really, girl. I gave them to you. Come on. Let's go check it out. As they rode carefully, he reached out with his powers. There was a taste to necromancy. Even to other death marshals, he had a hard time explaining it. The only one of them who had seemed to understand was the judge. It filled the air a scentless stench that made his teeth itch and bones ache. It was a limited thing, but it beat hunting blind. The taste led towards the mine he remembered on the map. It was an old one, little more than a cave. At some point, the guild was bound to come back to it, but for now it was ignored. After all, it wasn't a soulstone mine, just a source of raw metals. In the grand scheme of things, it wasn't as important, 
He stopped patience before they reached the tree line, looking around for signs of enemies. All right, let's review assets, shall we? He pulled his rifle out of its holster, slotting in a fresh set of rounds. Rifle, backup pistols, a mare that's smarter than she pretends. My wits. Lacking anything better, it'll have to do, I guess. Patience snorted, stamping a hoof. Wait, who's sad? A woman stumbled out of the mine, falling to the ground on hands and knees. The marshal pulled the rifle up to his shoulder, sighting down it at her. Black hair, wild and dirty. A torn dress, dirty enough that it could have been any colour under all the dried mud and ash that covered it. Her skin was sickly pale and pulled over her bones. The marshal's finger rested on the trigger as the itching in his teeth became murderous. She was the source of the attack. He'd bet anything on it. She looked up, staring into the trees. The marshal nearly dropped the weapon in shock. Felicia? He couldn't breathe, couldn't move. It couldn't be her. He jumped down carefully, walking to her side, rifle in hand. Felicia, is that you? She flinched, green eyes wide as she stared. Her mouth moved, but he couldn't recognize the word. It's you, she said, pushing away from him. Her face was covered in dirt, but tear tracks stood out clearly. How are you here? Felicia, you're alive. He dropped the rifle and rushed to her, dropping to his knees. She winced as the marshal embraced her, pressing his face into her hair. I thought you were dead all this time. I thought you were... Are you okay? After a moment, she wrapped her arms around him, body shaking as she sobbed quietly. They sat there, huddled against each other on the cold ground. His brain felt slow, confused. His wife, missing for over a year, alive and in his arms again. She kept muttering a word that he couldn't hear, repeating it like a mantra. It's gonna be okay. He pulled back, brushing away her tears carefully. I finally found it, love. I can help you now. We can make the voices go away. She trembled, then leaned forward and gently kissed him. You have to leave, she said through a sob. You have to leave now. What? They want me to kill you, and, and I won't let them. But I can't fight for much longer, she said. I wish I could, but I'm so tired. So very tired. You don't have to do it alone anymore, Felicia. Her mouth tightened into a line. She reached up and pressed a hand onto his cheek a fresh tear crawling down her face when he flinched from the exposed bone of her fingers. The marshal stared at the ivory grotesque against the sight of her hands, once the slim hands of a master artist. You can't undo the past, she said, and I've got too much blood on my hands, but, but I won't kill you. Alicia. Green light filled his vision, and then everything went black. One year ago, 
I walked through the door of the hut, hand on my peacekeeper. The swamp air was thick and humid, giving me a dull headache that pulsed at my temples. The dwelling was surprisingly organized, considering the state of the building itself. A small cauldron sat in the fireplace. Sewing instruments were laid out on a table. Bookshelves of all things sat in another part of the building. A thin bed had been placed near the shelves, though it more resembled a cot. And at the largest table in the middle of the room, an old woman waited for me. What can I do for you, dearie? She cackled, shuffling a deck of cards. She eyed me, gaps in her teeth showing in her smile. Here to know the future, perhaps? Maybe the past. What can old Zorider do for you? The question made me pause. What was I doing here? This visit went against every oath I had ever made to the guild, and I knew it. I bit the inside of my cheek, then said, I'm here for information I can use. She gestured to the seat opposite her, and I sat down, pulling a bag off my waist and setting it down on the table. I pressed my hands on the rough wood, feeling the mild pain of a splinter digging into my palm. That kind of harm didn't register, as it once did. After the necromancy began to take its toll on the body, I stared at my hands, the pallid flesh and drawn skin that was part of the cost of my training. Information is a dangerous thing, Death Marshal, she said, setting the cards on the table. Willing to pay the price? I wouldn't be here if I wasn't. I took a deep breath, my heart pounding. How do I save my wife? Her hand paused above the deck, hovering in the air. Gray eyes narrowed and her brow furrowed. What? My wife. Ever since we came through the breach, she's been hearing things. Voices that aren't there, ones telling her to do terrible things. I joined the death marshals to learn something to help her, but I haven't found anything. Nothing that can help her. Do you know what I can do? She leaned back in the chair, the wood creaking as she frowned. So you're that one, she said finally. Yes, I can help with that. But you may not like my help in the end. I don't care, I yelled, slamming a fist on the table. She is my wife. I'm supposed to protect her. How can I protect her from something I can't even see or fight? The old woman said nothing. In the background, I could hear the contents of the cauldron boiling, shoving the small lid upwards with a rattle. You stand at a crossroads, Marshal. All paths will bring you pain. One will give you happiness for a time. Another will place you at the fulcrum of future events. There are others that even I cannot see. Of those I can, 
I cannot tell you which is which. Can't or won't. As far as you're concerned, they're the same thing. You want the knowledge to save your wife from these voices. I can give you that. What will it cost? More than you can imagine. And less than you planned. What did you bring? I pulled open the bag, revealing the treasure trove of soul stones inside. Stolen from the guild, a crime almost as bad as bargaining with a never-born witch. She picked through the contents, selecting a handful of them. I couldn't fathom the reasoning she used. Some were amongst the smallest of the cut stones, others were rough and bright. The most valuable ones she left behind. Remove your hat and shirt, then lie down on the bed, she said, walking over to the table with the sewing equipment. She selected a needle and some thread while I complied. When she walked over, she held one of my soul stones in one hand, placing the glowing gem over my heart. This will hurt a great deal, even to one such as you, she warned. Pain would be a novelty, considering the kind of training I've had. I replied glibly. As she began to work, my limbs spasmed. My eyes and tongue felt as if they were on fire as a roaring curtain of ice spread from my chest. I began screaming. Felicia ran from the mine, stumbling over the rough ground in her haste. The voices chased her, a rage-filled storm. She tripped, skinning her knee, then picked herself up and kept running. If she ran far enough, the demons couldn't win. You left him, the female hissed. Left him alive, the predator roared. The tempest echoed the words, overwhelming her. She fell against a tree, using it to stay standing. I don't care, she bit out. I'm not going to hurt him. But you already did. A new voice hummed, twisting around her soul. It was pleasant, filling her with warmth. You left him a year ago. You ran from him now. You left him unconscious. She stared at the ground, leaning her forehead against the rough bark. What do I do? Let me help you. I can make it all go away. Felicia closed her eyes, fighting back fresh tears. How? Just give me permission. If you want help, all you need to do is ask. She swallowed hard, wringing her hands. All right, she whispered. Help me. Gladly. The voice purred. She gasped, limbs twitching as she fell to the ground. Her back arched, mouth open wide in a silent scream of pain. The new voice chuckled as the storm enveloped her. Be careful the bargains you make, child. The marshal woke to patients licking his face. I'm up, I'm up, enough, girl. She backed away as he sat up, grabbing his head. 
there was a spiking pain just behind his eyes that contrasted oddly with the fire that burned his teeth. Well, that was certainly a first. Let's keep that story between us, okay? I doubt it'll ever be worth drinks. He cocked an eyebrow at her. Well, maybe for you at the water trough. Limb stiff, he stood up and leaned against Patience. We're gonna have to find her. And, and I don't know what. Damn it all to hell, this is madness. He caught sight of his rifle and hobbled over to pick it up. Let's get going before she does something worse. His first attempt at swinging into the saddle failed miserably. Patience drew to her namesake for once, waited for him to stand up as his back ached with fresh pain. If I have to go find a rock, I'm going to be very annoyed with her. Patience lowered herself to the ground slightly, allowing him to get up after a significant effort. I can't figure out where she went. Her spell, or whatever that was, has my head all screwed up. Every direction feels the same. The marshal turned around in the saddle, looking back to the caravan. No signs of anything worse there, so that was unlikely. You don't think she ran to the town, do you? That would be a little crazy. Patience twitched an ear. Yes, it was a lame joke. No, it wasn't supposed to be one. Come on, let's start there, just to be safe. If we're lucky, my head would have cleared this mess out and I can think clearly by the time we get there. Take it slow for now. I've had enough surprises today. Oh, hell, patience, we're late again. Smoke filled the sky, screams joining the winding columns of ash. The marshal stared in disbelief, head finally clear after the short ride. Gritting his teeth, he pulled the rifle out. Screaming means there might be someone still alive. Looks like we get to put the lady's instructions to the test. If we die, I want you to know, Patience. You really were crap at conversations, but the trips have been fun. The mare snorted, stamping her hooves impatiently. The temptation to smile died with the realization that this could only have one real outcome. He bit the inside of his cheek and pushed the thought away. No time for that. Too many people depended on him doing his job. Protect, no matter the cost. They galloped through the outer streets of the town, following the screams. The air teemed with necromantic power, a faint glow that he could see, not just feel. Oh, great, more on the job training. Why didn't that old hag give me a damn book on this stuff? Rounding a corner, the marshal saw the first enemy. Instinct guided his hands, a pair of rifle rounds slamming into the head of the punk zombie. It collapsed to the ground in a heap, I-core flying over the young man it had cornered against a wall. Then they were past that street, looking for the next. Punk zombie? She didn't have anything like that. It... The thought disappeared as they burst out of a patch of smoke and nearly ran into a man levitating in the air, body bond tight with ropes. His eyes went wide as the horrifying thing turned its wicked gaze on him, secrets from beyond the grave spilling from its mouth. The marshal took a deep breath, channeling his power. Teal fire rimmed his hands, spreading up to surround his face. 
It had been a long time since he had used this, with good reason. The pain was immense, and it took every ounce of willpower he had to not scream. The hanged froze, and he could see his blackened skull reflected in its dead, glassy eyes. The rifle bucked against his shoulder, and the spirit fell back, form twitching as the bullet slammed through its core. It couldn't be killed, not in the traditional sense, but it could be unbound. The marshal could hear the training instructor in his mind as he worked the lever to reload, firing again. Center of mass. Every time that is disrupted, it expands energy. Repeat until it no longer stays. The hanged roared, making patients rear up with a panicked scream. The marshal dropped a hand to her reins, fighting for control. It shouted in a language that he didn't know, but the meaning was clear enough in his mind. You will die alone, screaming, burning, agonizing, your soul ripped to join. He whipped his backup pistol out of its holster and fired two more rounds through it. Ah, no. The damned soul screamed, glowing brighter before it burned out and disappeared. I'm sure you'll be waiting for me too. A burst of sickly green light filled the air, hurting his eyes even through the flames. Blinking rapidly to try to clear the afterimage, the marshal turned to the center of town. Just looking there made every bone in his body hurt. There she is. He banished the flames as patients turned to look up at him with one eye. Come on, girl. It's time to say goodbye. Felicia slammed against the barrier of her mind again, ignoring the pain. She was in the eye of a hurricane, the walls keeping her hidden away from her own body. The storm of voices raged around her, faces that leered and cackled as they watched through her eyes. She fell back, heard the screaming of some poor child on the outside, and threw herself at it again. The predator and the female watched her instead of the spectacle outside. Their forms were indistinct, drifting from one nightmare to the next. The eyes and voices never changed as they paced around her. She continues to fight, a Nephilim growled, red eyes glowing. We knew she would. She resisted for years. Besides, this makes it all the more fun, a small girl said, bouncing a skull gleefully. The female blurred, becoming a beautiful woman with inhuman teeth and sparkling blue eyes. You won't win, Felicia said, kneeling on the ground, gasping. But we already have, darling, the woman said with a laugh. You let us, after all. Felicia turned from them, staring through her eyes. Outside her confinement, her body glowed a sickly green a light shared with the numerous corpses that walked nearby. A woman howled with laughter, and Felicia felt a chill as she realized the voice was hers. She had made a terrible mistake, bargaining with the whispers. She smiled as she realized that for the first time since coming to Malifaux, she didn't have them in her mind. Here, in the eye of the storm, they couldn't touch her. Granted, that was more a silver lining than anything else, but still, she could think clearly. The sounds from outside changed, 
causing the female and the predator to spin towards her sight. The laughter of the storm disappeared, replaced by enraged chanting. Felicia felt like cheering as she recognised her husband's horse, man and beast fighting their way through the tide of horrors. The monsters pressed forward, reaching and clawing for their tormentor. He was covered in teal flames, blackened skull standing out against them. Lashing out with his rifle, he shoved a zombie back, firing at another and dropping it. His horse struck another with her hooves, and the thing fell to the ground. He turned toward her, firing his rifle, and the green light glowed as the bullet went flying past. The horde closed in, some of the fallen standing back up to prolong the fight. Keep going, patience! The marshal grabbed his peacekeeper, emptying the magazine into the crowd. The damn things kept coming, urged on by their mistress. The rifle was nearly out, and he didn't have time to reload it, so he shoved it back into the holster. A punk zombie charged out of the crowd, swinging wildly with a chipped dagger. He ducked around the attack, hammering the pistol butt in the thing's face. He could see her now. Felicia stood in the middle of the sea of monsters, arms lifted high, chanting loudly in a clear voice. The sickly green aura glowed around her and had already bounced away a rifle round. Whatever she was now, she was going to be damn hard to stop. Patience reared up, slamming her weight on a stumbling corpse of a dog. It burst wetly, adding to the horrific smell of the battlefield. Other, more complete, charged forward, nipping at her heels. They were being overrun by sheer weight of numbers. Keep going. All we need is one clear shot. Felicia winced as he took a blow to the back from a corpse carrying a shovel. He was fighting so hard, but it was obvious there was only one outcome here. The whispers knew it too and had begun chanting and laughing. She blocked out the words, focusing on the outside world, then tightened her lips. She threw herself at the barrier, then did it again, a third time, a fourth. The barrier cracked. Patience was pinned in place, the zombies finally using their numbers to best advantage. She screamed, eyes rolling with panic, trying desperately to get away from her tormentors. The marshal twisted, back shrieking in protest, swinging wildly at the most dangerous of the creatures. Damn it! One of them grabbed his boot. He hacked through its wrist with the peacekeeper blade, gritting his teeth against the jarring sensation of metal slashing through bone. Suddenly the light flickered, and the monsters all hesitated as one. Out of time, nothing left to lose. He dropped the pistol, grabbing the rifle out of its holster. One round left. Taking a deep breath, ignoring the pain in his soul, he aimed at Felicia and fired. The storm went immediately silent, the female and predator turning back towards her, but too late. Felicia slammed into it one more time, and for a heartbeat, was in control again. Already she could feel the whispers moving to envelop her, to trap her back behind another barrier. I win, she whispered. She smiled at her husband 
and felt the bullet pierce her chest as the sick green light disappeared. Instinctively, she grabbed for the wound as she stumbled. A storm of voices screamed, panicked for the first time. Around her, the corpses collapsed to the ground like cut puppets. Her knees hit the street. Then she blacked out. The marshal sat next to the fire, letting the chain spin in his hands. The sky was clear tonight, showing the beauty of Malifaux's stars. It was a rare beauty, one that he always enjoyed seeing. Patient stood nearby, covered with a blanket, wounds already treated. She was enjoying a bag of almonds that the Pioneer Town survivors had offered her. It had been painful accepting their thanks and gratitude. None of them really understood why he had insisted on taking Felicia's body, leaving the rest of the corpses to be burned. That was the advantage, though, of being a guild marshal. No one argued with people like him. His gaze drifted from the fire to the stone marker he had taken from an abandoned shop. The carving was crude, but would be enough. Felicia, beloved wife, finally at rest. A simple memorial was all he could manage, but it helped ease the ache in his soul. The marshal looked back to the chain, staring down at the wedding ring. It was a simple design, bought at extravagant cost. A gold band with a single clear stone set in it. The maker swore it was a soul stone, but they'd found out later it was nothing more than glass. Felicia had laughed it away, claiming she loved it no matter what. A clear stone. He stared at the stone for a moment, eyes widening. The stone glowed faintly, a warm, vibrant green. His breath caught in his throat, and tears pricked at his eyes. Hesitantly, nervously, he reached out with his necromantic powers toward the stone. Hello, my love. A soft voice whispered in his mind. That's it for another episode of The Weird Chronicles. Join us next time for more tales of action and adventure.